Hi guys, my name is Vikram Rai. Welcome to Limitless MD, the podcast where we talk about freedom, wealth, and human optimization. Today, my guest is Dr. Sachin Patel. Sachin is a physician. He is a father. He's a philanthropist. He's a business coach. He's one of my mentors. And really, he's going to break down so many different topics today from you know how to get into a perfect alignment from with your practice, your medical practice, your life, your wealth creation, being a family person, to how to optimize your own physical and personal health, to uh, really thinking bigger and broader and knowing that, you know, don't let your identity as a physician handcuff you. In fact, let it be uh, more of an expansive identity where being a physician is one of the many things you do in life. And so we'll also talk about the golden thread. Guys, this is going to be a special two-parter. I'll have part one right now. And, and then after this, we're going to have a second part of this episode. So make sure you tune in for the both parts of this podcast. And with that said, I look forward to uh, uh, sharing everything on social media and, and, and stay tuned uh, for not only part one, but part two of this iconic episode. What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week, create legacy building wealth, and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD? My name is Vikram Raya, functional cardiologist, high-performance coach, and real estate expert. And I'm here to give you the tools, strategies, and solutions you need to transform your life so you can unlock your limitless potential and achieve greatness all the while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. If you're a physician who's making good money, but you're feeling stuck in your current situation, or if you're tired of feeling just comfortable and are ready to pivot toward that freedom and wealth lifestyle you always wanted, then I want to introduce you to my newest program. It's called the Physician Wealth Accelerator, also known as PWA. In PWA, you're going to learn the strategies to gain more passive and active income. You'll learn how to free up 10 plus hours a week to pursue your passions and side gigs. If this resonates with you, then I want to personally invite you to join our elite community of high achieving doctors in the Physician Wealth Accelerator. This is a completely free coaching group where you'll be around other professionals in the medical field who are like you and looking to uplevel their life. You'll get access to live monthly masterclasses, live Q&As, and all my best personal resources, as well as Access my new app to help you become limitless. If you want to check it out, there will be a link in the show notes for you. Just click it and you'll be able to join this exclusive community of high-performing docs. Looking forward to connecting with you on the inside. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Limitless MD. I'm your host, Vikram Raya. And today, I'm going to speak to one of my mentors, close friends, and all-around like renaissance people that I know, Sachin Patel. Sachin, welcome to the program. Vikram, thank you for having me. It's such an honor and what an awesome full circle moment for us to be able to have this conversation. I'm really excited for today. Guys, for those of you, man, there's probably a small minority who don't know Sachin. His work is legendary. Um, he is a father. He's a husband. He's, he's a physician turned entrepreneur. He's a proponent for doctors all over the country in the United States, Canada, and I don't know where else you, you're, you're taking care of folks, but literally he's helping elevate physicians so they can practice their way with their, his program called The Perfect Practice. He's helped mentor me personally, and he has, uh, he, I, I find him to be what I call the alignment doctor, right? He, he got trained in chiropractic and he got trained in physically aligning people's spines. 
but he's gone way beyond that. He's helped people align their lives or missions or values or beliefs, align their practices. And what I find him to be is he's a conscious capitalist. And so with that introduction, Sachin, take it away, man. What's your, like, where did this all come from? Where, what's your origin story? Yeah, well, I think a lot of it comes from my parents, actually. And, you know, we there's a lot of things that we learn from our parents on how to win at life. And there's a lot of lessons that our parents learn that we can learn from that show us the things not to do. And so I want to give my parents a lot of credit because they, in many ways, told me showed me what not to do in business. But in many ways, they showed me what to do in life and how to live in alignment, how to have integrity, uh, how to be a good family man, how to be a what I hope to be is a great husband and a great father. And so I, I had I had some amazing entrepreneurial lessons from my parents, but also lessons from from them on how to be an exceptional uh, what I hope to be an exceptional human being. So I think I think that's where the original origin story starts, you know, as a, as a as you were introducing me and saying that I'm a physician turned entrepreneur. It made me think about that my first business was actually a barbershop. And I actually had a barbershop that I ran out of my parents' garage when I was a teenager. And that was because I didn't like the way my barber cut my hair. And so every time I came home, he would, I would, after a haircut, I would try to fix it and tweak it and cut it the way I wanted it to be cut. And then my dad whispered to me something one day and he said, you know, if you want something done right, you've got to do it yourself. And I don't know, if, in some ways that really served me. And in some ways it delayed me asking for help because I thought I could figure it all out myself. And so, but what he did is that he installed a belief in me that I have the capability and capacity to do, you know, whatever it is that I want. He didn't say, Hey, there's a whole bunch of things you can't do. You're always going to have to outsource that. He said, you have this capacity and capability. So it gave me this kind of internal belief. And after that haircutting uh, business, I actually, th through that haircutting business, actually, I learned how to sell packages. So I remember one time I wanted to buy a sport coat for our university. I guess it was our, our residence prom. And I didn't have the money at the time to buy this uh, sport coat. It was a couple hundred bucks. And uh, I'm like, okay, I got to come up with a creative solution. My parents certainly wouldn't have lent me the money not to buy that coat for one evening, for sure. Being, being Indian, uh, <laughs> that's not a thing, right? And you've got, you've, you've um, so I already exhausted all my options and I didn't have a job at the time, but I was cutting hair. So I would cut hair and that would kind of pay for my entertainment costs. And then one day when I wanted to buy this jacket, I said, okay, that's a lot of haircuts. I don't have enough time. What if I pre-sold these people haircuts into the future? Because I know that they're going to want a haircut a month from now or a couple of weeks from now. And I know who they're going to go to because you don't switch barbers very often when you find the right person. <laughs> So I actually sold my first care, like packages of haircuts. I don't even know if they do that in real life right now, where you can buy a whole bunch of haircuts in advance and get a discount. But I only had to cut a, a very few people's hair uh, because I sold them a bundle of, um, you know, of, of future haircuts. And of course I delivered on those haircuts and I got my jacket. So I got uh, all the benefits kind of rolled into one. I'm like, wow, this entrepreneurship thing is really cool. You can make up your prices, you can make up your offers. And, you know, the market will tell you if this is something that they want or not. So that's a distinct memory for me is, is kind of my dad, you know, letting me know, letting me know that, Hey, if you want that, something done, right, you got to do it yourself. So it allowed me to dabble in so many different things. You know, I became great at detailing cars. I became great at cutting hair. I still, I, during the pandemic, I was cutting my father-in-law and my son's hair. So I had to, you know, I got to relive uh, some of my youth there. So I think it started 
from a very young age. And, and I know there's all these people that pour into us and experience that, experiences that pour into us, but I really feel that entrepreneurship is something that I've always um, been doing. And I love now that as a physician uh, and somebody who sees chaos and opportunity happening, happening simultaneously, I see that we can use our businesses as a force for good to make some awesome changes in people's lives. And so I love, uh, I love being consciously capital and, and helping people invest in practices like yours and mine, where they see a massive ROI, whether it's their personal development or whether it's the development of their practice. That's awesome, man. I'm like already like planning, Hey, am I going to be in Toronto? I need to get a little, little, a trim here. <laughs> is, is your, is your garage you open for, uh, for some doctors covered. to show up here? So, um, <laughs> Let's let's get into something because I really want to serve my audience, which is similar to your audience. They're doctors who are enlightened. They are awakened. I call them. You know, they're they're the doctors who 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 sort of unplugged from the matrix, and they're realizing that they can really define their destiny, their life. They can have the contribution they want without sacrificing income. So, explain to me how you your identity is almost like deconstruction of identity, integration, expansion, and all of that has happened. And I, and I remember cl clearly the conversation we had when you said, hey, look, you know, you, sometimes letting go of being a cardiologist or a physician can potentially expand you to do all the other things you want to do in life. So maybe walk us through all that, th that thought process. Yeah. You know, I, I think here's the thing, like if we think about the journey of a stem cell, right, a stem cell starts off as having infinite potential. And then it's only when it you know, identifies with a certain organ or is signaled to turn into a certain organ, its destiny is now kind of hardwired. So you know, if it's destined to be a heart cell, it becomes a heart cell. And you know, in, as far as I know, there's no going back after that. However, as a human being, we do not uh, have the same destiny. We have infinite, you know, pluripotent destiny where we can become whatever we want. You know, the worst thing that you can do, anyone can do is kind of hang their hat on an identity of something that happened a decade ago. You know, so me identifying as a chiropractor, while I will never not identify as a chiropractor, I don't hang my hat on that and, and uh, recognize that that's all I am. Because all I had to do to get that designation was go through school for, you know, four or five years. And I got that des designation, but there's so much more to me than that. And by, you know, I, reducing myself down to that identity, I don't even allow myself to be other things. I don't even allow other people to explore other parts of me. So now when people ask me what I do, I, I just tell them I'm still trying to figure it out, you know, because, <laughs> because I leave that potential open, right? I leave that possibility open. So just like a stem cell, you know, our body is releasing stem cells every single day. So we have this potential within us to be reborn and, you know, identify ourselves with many different things instead of a singular thing, you know, a label reduces us. And, you know, there's a, there's a quote, and I can't remember if it's, if it's from the Gita or it's from the Tao Te Ching, I think it's from the Tao Te Ching. And it says to name the Tao is to not know the Tao. And so when we name something, we actually reduce it down to the point where it becomes actually unrecognizable from what its full potential is. So, you know, that, that's one of the reasons I don't prefer to call myself doctor right? I don't want that title to immediately have people put me into a box. I don't want that title to reduce me down to a certain conversation that that person wants to have. 
I don't want to just jump in to say, Hey, I'm a chiropractor. And now immediately somebody starts thinking about their back and their spine and their headaches or their joint aches and pains, because there's so many other things that I can talk about and I love to explore with them. So I don't like to reduce myself down to that. So I think there's, you know, potential for all of us to, you know, have this fluid identity and I'm not getting into gender politics and stuff like that, but just, you know, having a fluid identity of, you know, how we can contribute to the world and, and how we, people can recognize us uh, to be, you know, pluripotent, right? And and add value in so many different areas than what our degree or designation might say. I love the stem cell analogy. That really uh, resonates home. And I like the, uh, I wrote it down because I found, I felt that was very poignant. Uh, the fluid identity, um, you know, we're not meant to be in a clean little box and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I used to struggle when I used to like go to a dinner party. Hey, what do you do? I'm like, ah. Uh, pull up a seat, you know, I was like, <laughs> or like, Hey, I, sometimes I ask, Hey, what do you do? Because I can talk about a lot of different things. So I want to, I'm curious about what you want to do and what mm-hmm. you, what you're interested in, because I could probably relate to that, you know? So, uh, that's really, uh, I think that's really keen. Uh, tell us about, you know, the transition from a clinician where you're helping people, you know, first in your local area in, I think it was a Toronto, I believe. Yep. And then you've expanded to other areas and then you decided, hey, not only do I want to help the the patient, but I want to help more than that. And then before we get into that, tell tell us about the concept of 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 the doctor of the future. Sure. So, um, just to just to be clear, I started off in Cincinnati, and now I'm located uh, in Toronto. And you know, our our vision has always been from the very beginning to actually solve the current healthcare crisis further upstream. And what that basically means is when we go further upstream, it means that we're, we're not trying to solve the problem where we're coming face to face with it right now. We're trying to solve the problem before it occurs in the first place. So I listened to a presentation from my mentor, James, uh, James Chestnut, I'm sorry, James Nestor is also mentor, but James Chestnut. And he basically said, we don't need more doctors. We don't need more nurses. We don't need more hospital beds. We don't need more medical equipment. We don't need more drugs. We need more healthy people because at the end of the day, that's what we all want, right? Nobody wants a cure for cancer. They just don't want cancer in the first place. It's nice to have a cure, but the only way to benefit from a cure is to develop the disease and live a lifestyle that created that disease or eat food that created that disease or have emotions that created that disease. But here's the tragic part about that is that we actually coded that same mindset, that same food philosophy, that same environment, we exposed our children to it. So we've passed that disease on or that disease creating process on to the next generation, who's basically going to repeat the same pattern, develop the same illnesses and same diseases. And, you know, hopefully by then there's a cure, but nobody wants that. Yeah. It's it's almost like a disease protocol where in like, there's the other treatment protocol, but we've actually created a disease protocol, but that's, that's fascinating. So then so what, what was your thought process on, like, what's the solution? Well, the solution is people should know how to take care of themselves, right? They should know how their body works, you know? And I started, you know, just analyzing. I'm like, hey, when we go to school, we don't learn anything about growing our own food, which means that companies can feed us crap and we have no idea because we have no idea what real food is, right? If you've ever grown your own food, you can instantly recognize what garbage is and garbage is what most people are eating and what they're being fed and they don't understand the consequences of that. The next thing they don't teach us anything about is mean anything meaningful about health, health and wellness. Like in school, do they ever teach you how to take care of yourself? 
like we had PE class and stuff. And, you know, just to keep us physical and keep us moving, we had no idea. We learned nothing about how to eat properly. We learned nothing about mindset. We learned nothing about mindfulness. We learned nothing about, uh, you know, anything meaningful in relationship to keeping us healthy and vital. And the third thing we learned nothing about is money. So these are the three systems that enslave humanity today, right? So we feed people crappy food and, you know, we palli- you know, we palliate them by making the food taste good, even though they're poisoning themselves. We keep people sick and then we keep people broke. And of course, these are the most lucrative industries uh, on the entire planet right now, because we have to outsource and delegate these, uh, you know, things that we should be doing for ourselves. We've delegated them out. Uh, to other companies and organizations. And we call that an economy. I'm like, this is so broken. And right now for our economy to thrive, people have to grow less food. They have to get more sick and they have to be more financially destitute. So our current world and the way we've set things up actually thrives on people suffering and people not knowing. So what I realize is the solution is to do the exact opposite, right? How do we flip the switch so we can get people growing their own food, perhaps like we have a garden in our home. And I know that's not practical for everybody, but at least recognizing what real food is and eating real food so that their body has from a nutrient perspective, the things that it needs. Now, nutrients aren't everything because I could put magnesium in one person's body and I could put it in somebody else's body. In one person's body, it's going to help them relax and go to bed. The other person, it's going to help them metabolize the excess carbohydrates that they're eating. So all nutrients, although are created equal, don't have the same function in somebody's body. So how do we get them eating real food and recognizing what's good for them? How do we teach them something meaningful about their health and help them become their own doctor because that's really what they need to be. You know, Thomas Edison said the doctor of the future will interest his patient in the flame, in the frame and the function of the human body, not give them more drugs, but we'll also teach them how to eat food. And you know, I'm butchering the quote here, but you get the point. The idea here was to teach the person. And I'm like, well, the doctor of the future is actually the patient. That's what we need to start thinking about. What if somebody was healthy from the moment they were born to the moment that they died? Have we ever, knowing everything that we know, about science and all the literature that's out there and all the things that we know to do and not to do, have we ever even tried to do that? Where we uh, you know, take a vitalistic model of health and promote that from the very beginning of somebody's life. What is the human potential? We haven't even fully realized as a species what our potential is because this has never been done as far as I know, with the modern understanding that we have today. Yeah. Where people- guys, I want you to take away the 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 doctor of the future uh, is the patient, right? That framework, if we actually educate that, put that in the school system, use that as our uh, lit- litmus test as we're, as we're trying to educate and, and empower, uh, you know, we call them patients, but they're just human beings. They become patients when they get sick, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, really have this kind of preemptive, proactive sort of personalized kind of viewpoint um, I think it's a game changer. And I know you're on the forefront of doing that. Tell me why you felt like just being a practitioner was not enough. Well, you know, here, here's the thing. I think being a practitioner uh, is is such a great, you know, role in society. We're well-respected. People value what we have to say. Um, but I didn't think it was enough for me because I had a feeling that I could make a much bigger impact And as many practitioners probably know, we're oftentimes limited by what we can say, who we can say it to, right? I can give somebody advice if they're sitting next to me in in my office, but if I say the same thing to somebody online, you know, in a different state, I can't do that, right? So there's like these weird, you know, invisible 
fences that have been built around preventing us from actually getting our message out there and helping many of the people that we like to help. So when I started off in Cincinnati, I told my wife, give me two years. And if we can build a successful practice here, we can do it anywhere. Then we moved back to Toronto. And then in Toronto, I built a similar practice, a micro practice. And uh, a micro practice is where you co-share, you have your own office, but you're in a co-working type of space. And this keeps your overhead absolutely minimal and allows you to have maximum cash flow, but also maximum touch point. Most of your uh, revenue goes back into your client, not into rent and all these other expenses that uh, that some other businesses occur. So we can create an, an extraordinary business uh, and we can create an amazing user experience for our clients as well using that model. And as I moved back to Toronto, within months, I had my practice set up. It was thriving and people are like, dude, like, how did you do that? My colleagues started noticing and I said, well, hey, jump on a call. I'll be happy to tell you. And I started taking calls one-on-one -on -one with people. And then I, then my wife is like, you know, you're giving all these people uh, this amazing information. Why don't you do it in a group? Why don't you just meet with them on a Thursday, every, every Thursday? And, and uh, you know, you can share the same thing because they'll all benefit from each other. And I said, oh, that's a great idea. So I started doing that. And then, you know, it started growing from there. So it started off as just a handful of people. Then it grew into, you know, now we get a hundred practitioners on uh, every week that are tuning into these calls that we do that educate them and teach them how to, you know, create a, a business and a brand that attracts their ideal clients that puts them through a transformational program. And then also helps them live out the five freedoms, which, you know, are health, emotions, time, geographic freedom, and financial freedom. So it really started off as, you know, from a few phone calls and then it kind of snowballed into an entire mentorship program that we have for clients. That's awesome. And so, you know, for these, uh, I, I call them these, you know, these doctors who've unplugged and then they're really ready to see possibilities. They're possibilitarians. They're, they're people who, who, who potentially want to not only enhance their income, but really have practiced the way they want to practice and not have the handcuffs that you know, insurance companies, hospitals, whatever else uh, is, is throwing on them. What are the characteristics you've noticed of the people who you mentor who are really successful and thriving? Great question. So, so here's the thing. If you're somebody who's still plugged into the matrix, that's totally okay because this movement is going to snowball the medical system and you're going to start seeing more and more of integrative wellness, functional medicine into the mainstream medical model. So you can stay plugged in and, and witness kind of the transformation that takes place because all the science and evidence is showing that this is a superior way of helping people. And so as evidence-based medicine and the research advances, it's all pointing in this direction. Uh, insurance now, in fact, does cover health coaching. So oh, wow. if you are a practitioner and you want to, again, kind of stay plugged in because, um, because it's where your comfort zone is and you've got an established practice and now you want to layer on health coaching, insurance actually covers it. So again, the, and science is showing that this saves people's lives. It saves uh, the medical system money. And now, you know, the, the tide is shifting in this favor. But if you want to get out of that, then there are certain characteristics that are required. So one is patience, right? You've got to understand that you're building a business, uh, you know, that you've got to build a brand, right? And, you know, that takes some time to get things off the ground. You, you may not immediately replace your income unless you already have like an established uh, brand, for example. It might take learning new skills, right? Uh, we're trained as practitioners. We're not necessarily trained as entrepreneurs. 
And while the teachings can be simple, they need to also, you know, they need to land for you and you need to incorporate them into how you live your daily life. As an entrepreneur, there's no guaranteed you're going to get paid, right? So when you're an employee of a healthcare network, you know, there's a difference between the entrepreneur mindset and the employee mindset. The employee mindset is, hey, I get paid. Even if I do a crappy job, I get paid. But if I do an exceptional job, I still get paid the same amount. And I only get paid after I do the work, right? Never before. So there are certain benefits of being an employee. Uh, gives you security, gives you stability, gives you predictability. And some people like that. However, it doesn't give you fulfillment. It doesn't give you reward. If you do an amazing job, you're not going to get, you know, double the pay. And so there's no incentive built into that model, right? And some people do okay with that. And that's okay because they can think and they can focus on whatever skill that they have and how they're going to do it. But if you take somebody like yourself, uh, Vikram, as a cardiologist out of that system, right? Now you've got you've to figure out, okay, where are my clients coming from? How am I going to help them? I've got to create a business system that's going to support them and so on and so forth. Whereas before, uh, if you're working in a hospital setting, you were there as, a, as an expert specialist and every, everything would work around you and your schedule in many, in, in many cases. And you would go in there as the expert and all the cleanup and all that stuff would be taken care of by somebody else. As a business owner, you've got to do all of those things. So the employee guarantees to get paid. They're guaranteed to always be paid later. They're guaranteed to be paid the same amount. Maybe they get a bonus at the end of the year, but you know, there's a lot of predictability in that. The problem with that is that, uh, an, or the difference between that and an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur does work and they're not guaranteed to get paid for doing that work. However, if they do good work, they can get paid over and over and over and over again for doing that same task. See, as an employee, you know, when you get paid for those two weeks, you never get paid for those two weeks again, no matter how great or amazing or exceptional that job was. But as an, as an entrepreneur, you know, I could record an awesome video or I could create a digital course or I could do some trainings and I could package that up and get paid for it over and over and over and over again, you know, uh, for a lifetime, if I really wanted to, depending on the, on the co content and the value of it that I created. So that's one of the benefits of being an entrepreneur is that you know we can scale in so many different ways that an employee cannot but it's a risk that we take you have to believe in yourself you have to believe in what you have to offer you have to believe that what you're currently doing right now is making the problem worse not making the problem better and as jim Rohn says you have to come to a point of kind of almost being disgusted with what you're doing knowing that there's a better way and you're not doing it and that each interaction that you have knowing you know that this isn't the right thing for this client, you know, and continuing to do that, it kind of eats away at us after a while. So you have to kind of be sick and tired of, of being on this hamster wheel and be willing to do something different and, and really have something that you stand for and something you stand against. Yeah. I like that. It's, 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 it's like hitting this kind of threshold. And once you hit that threshold and there's no way you can continue to do business as usual, you you're looking for a change. And so it's almost like the, either your mindset has to be broken if you will by the system or the system is broken and and then you're searching and you're open to the change and and, and the possibilities that are out there um what i what i love about the the concept of these doctors is you know it's a choice they they can they don't have to leave and what you're saying is sounds like there's a wave of functional medicine a wave of integrative medicine um and sort of like value based care coming through um, the U S and potentially the Canadian health systems. Um, you know, in my own experience, I found that either 
you know, you can be stay in a traditional practice. You can completely transition out or you can try to do maybe a hybrid approach. So maybe a concierge, maybe where you layer these kind of, um, you know, more predictive, proactive kind of, uh, uh, functional medicine, integrative medicine kind of techniques on top of your traditional practice. So how do people get to know more about you? Where can they get into your ecosystem? How do they get to work with you, my friend? Uh, well, thanks for asking. So they can certainly follow me on social media. We'll we'll probably share the links for them. Uh, Facebook is where I do a lot of my uh, thought and idea dumps. So you can follow me there. You can also go to perfectpracticementorship.com and you can learn more about our mentorship programs. And uh, you know we're always here to help and, and support. I've also written a book called Perfect Practice. So you can get a copy of a free copy of that. It's it's at getperfectpractice.com. And there's also a podcast where Vikram, you've been featured as well which is also called perfect practice. So a bunch of ways to reach out to us and uh, always happy to connect with, uh, with any practitioner who wants to, you know, take their life and their business to the next level. Thank you, my friend. Uh, wishing you all green lights, phenomenal, phenomenal journey you've been on. You're an inspiration to me. Well done. And uh, for our listeners, guys, uh, thank you again for listening to another episode of Limitless MD, where we teach you about freedom, wealth, and human optimization. So until next time, guys, be phenomenal. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review. For more information, make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit VikramRaya.com. So until next time, my friends, be phenomenal.